This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 147, Proficient. In this episode, I've got some knitting, some spinning, some plans for the holidays, and a little tale for you about gaining proficiency. But of course, we will kick this episode off with some updates. So the biggest update, I think, probably is my pesky sinuses. So I finally got a CT scan of my sinuses, and apparently this isn't just an infection. There's a lot going on in my head, and I'll see an ENT at the end of this month, but it looks like my only recourse may be a surgical solution to actually fix all of the stuff that's going on in my sinuses. Awesome, right? Which means that there's been stuff going on in there for a long time, and it wasn't until like September that it all really came crashing down and started causing me problems. So we'll see how that goes, and I will definitely keep you updated on all that. Around the house, we are doing our best to try to get into the uh, holiday spirit. It's a little different when there's no kids in the house, I think, to, you know, surge our motivation. Our Christmas tree is up. It has just lights on it. Uh, No ornaments or anything like that yet. I did get some of my uh, wintertime decor up, like my garland of mittens and my pretty table runner and some little things like that. And every day, I think I add a little bit to the holiday decor so that we can get the the holiday spirit rolling around in this household because, you know, the days are so short. <laughs> There's so little light outside. You know, it takes a little bit extra, I think, to keep the seasonal depression from from hitting and spiraling us downward. So we're working on that. (laughs) But we're pretty pleased to find out that both girls will be here for Christmas, which is pretty awesome. Um, Itty Bitty finishes her semester at school this week. And she's, of course, excited and nervous because really the only thing she's got left is one final. And I don't know how many nurses there are, are out there listening, but in a lot of these nursing programs, like that one last test can really like kick you out of the program. She's not like struggling in school, but she definitely, definitely gets anxiety over her testing. So she's spending this whole weekend studying and getting ready for the end of the semester. And I'm sure it'll be fine. She's doing pretty good in the program overall. And we're happy for her. And yeah. And the boy has got weighing heavy on his mind, his annual Christmas Eve brunch. So he decided a few years ago, I think this is our third one, that on Christmas Eve, especially like when it falls on a weekend or everybody has it off from work, that he hosts a brunch. And he calls it the bottomless mimosa brunch, but it's so much more than that. Like one year he did made to order omelets. One year we like printed these adorable little menus so people could choose what they wanted. Yeah. So I think that we have 30 people invited and confirmed to attend this brunch. He's a madman. But I try to really communicate to folks 
that this is a rolling event. It's like four or five hours. You don't have to show up the second that it starts and you don't have to stay the whole time. Swing by, have some brunch, have a mimosa, and then head on your way. Come at the end. I think I need to convince him to like advertise when the grill closes (laughs) because he doesn't really get to enjoy it at all. It's mostly my family. And then he invites military people from the local base that he works at that don't have a place to go for the holidays that'll be in town so that they're no one's alone, you know, for the holiday season. So he he cooks a ton of food and we have a ton of people over and we reorganize the entire house and... And yeah, so we're planning for that. I mean, it's still, what, two and a half weeks away, but, oh, is it even two and a half weeks away? Ooh, it's like two weeks away. But yeah, so he starts to go into his little panic mode over that, and that's weighing on him already, but it'll be a great event, and it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm glad both girls will be here, and it should be a blast and successful, as it is every year, but he he just worries. Well, it looks like that's just about all I've got for updates So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about gaining proficiency. Usually when I learn a new skill or try something new, I get filled with tons of frustration and anxiety over like trying to convince my hands to do what they need to do to do this thing, right? And I feel like I'm gaining proficiency in a few things and things are clicking and it feels really good. And I really just wanted to share that with you. One, making socks on the circular sock machine. When I learned to knit umpteen years ago, it was not as stressful as learning the circular sock knitting machine. When I learned to spin, it was not as difficult as learning to operate the circular sock knitting machine. I have not felt that level of frustration in any craft that I've ever taken on. However, I have gained proficiency and that feels really good. Like this thing is just a machine. How come I can't get it? But I got it. It's clicked. I feel like I can make just about whatever I want to make on it. And that makes me happy. In addition, I feel like I have gained proficiency on combing and dizzing fiber. And that is awesome. Like, I don't think it's as difficult as like the sock machine, but trying to convince my brain what the fiber was supposed to be doing and getting my hands to operate in the way that they needed to was pretty awesome that I am able to produce consistently processed fiber that comes off the combs in a consistent piece of top and it spins consistently and I feel like I'm not messing anything up and it just brings me great joy to actually be at a level of proficiency with this thing I decided to take on and it feels good. I feel like with a lot of my crafting, oh, I hadn't really been learning anything new in a while. So taking on these new tasks and learning these new skills is really in reinvigorating my interest in my crafts and learning more. And it's exciting to learn and become proficient. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. I've been super productive. I've gotten a lot done, gotten a lot started, and I'm super motivated to keep going which is awesome, of course. I finished 
ish the Felix pullover <laughs> that I had been working on that I told you about last time. So when I say ish in terms of being finished, um, this is what I mean. I finished all the knitting. I bound off. I haven't blocked it yet because I'm not 100% convinced that the sweater is long enough. Does that make sense? It's a crop sweater. I probably could have made it two to four inches longer and been totally happy. But now, like I've worn it once, even though I have not blocked it. And I'm like, ooh, do I want it to be longer? I don't know. I really like it. I really like the yarn. But I haven't blocked it because I know that once I block it, it's going to be even more difficult to rip back if I decide to make it longer. The biggest problem with this is it has a sewn bind off. So it has the tubular bind off, which is sewn. And so that's not just like picking out a single stitch and unraveling. I might have to literally like cut the bottom section off, like the very tail end of the ribbing off in order to be able to rip back to a point where I can join more yarn and make it longer. Like I have plenty of yarn to do this. I still have two skeins left and yeah, I don't know. I'm still undecided, but I finished it. I did finish all the knitting and I've worn it and I really like it, but I'm still not sure that that's like the final sweater that I want to have. I would much rather, I feel like I'd rather rip it back, make it longer than have this sweater that I never wear because it's too short. If that makes any sense, especially now that it's cold outside, I would probably thoroughly enjoy wearing this sweater and that would be wonderful. What else? I feel like a total grown up. So I did pick my next sweater. I decided that I'm going to knit the Pearl Code by Isabel Kramer and I am going to knit that out of some lovely O-Wool Balance in the color charcoal that I have. So O'Wool kind of went out of the yarn business, but as she was closing down um, and liquidating her inventory, I bought a whole bag of O'Wool Balance in the color charcoal, and I think it's going to be perfect for this sweater, and it's lovely, and I feel so grown up because I'm swatching. I have found that with Isabel Kramer's sweaters, and when she talks about gauge and recommended needle sizes... I feel like she knits a lot more loosely than I do because she's recommending 20 stitches over four inches in a worsted weight yarn on like size six needles. And I feel like typically I'm an average knitter and whatever the gauge says on the ball band for the yarn and the recommended needle size, I usually get the gauge. But it's definitely coming out tighter on these size six needles, like to the point where I'm probably going to go up to a size eight and do a second swatch and then block them both and see how it turns out. Because I I just feel like, like a size five or six needle on worsted weight is not going to give me one, the drape of the fabric that I desire and two, the correct stitch and row count. I actually don't pay much attention to row count in swatches because most patterns say knit till this measures X number of inches versus knit X number of rounds or rows. So I typically just go by inches and length instead of row count. 
as long as I have the stitch count that I want, then I know I can select and knit the appropriate size sweater and it's not going to be too tight or too loose. So that's how I like to do it. I really kind of ignore row, row height <laughs> because that's really never done anything for me. <laughs> so ridiculous. I mean, I guess they always include it, but yeah, I usually just go to length. I never, you know, that never bothers me because usually one of the last instructions is continue doing this until the piece measures X inches or centimeters. And that's what I go by instead of worrying about row count for the finished piece. What else have I been doing in knitting? So I've started to dig through my library to pick a pair of fancy socks to start knitting, but I haven't decided on anything yet because like I think I mentioned it in the last episode, I think I'm going to stop just knitting plain Jane socks on regular needles because, you know, that fancy sock machine I've got. And yeah, if I want plain Jane socks, I can just whip them out in like a day on the sock machine. And that's awesome because I've gained some proficiency in it. <laughs> I can't do anything super fancy. Like there are people who do lace patterns and cables and all sorts of stuff on the sock machine. I'm not there yet. Doesn't mean I won't be, but I'm not quite there yet. But I have knit quite a few things. Last episode, I talked a bit about working on my crafting time management because one, learning the sock machine was 100% totally taking over all of my crafting time. So I wasn't getting a whole lot else done. But what I have decided is I'm limiting. It's not really limiting, but I'm limiting myself to making one item on the sock machine per week so that, or one project on the sock machine a week, because I can get that done in a day or two, like during lunch hours and stuff from work. And it doesn't take over everything, but I still feel like I'm improving my skills. I'm maintaining my proficiency and I'm enjoying this machine, which is what I wanted and why I got it. So since last time I recorded, I've made three pair of socks and a pair of mitts. I learned how to use my ribber on the sock machine, which is awesome. And I think like the super cleanest looking socks, like men's socks, are a sock that transitions from a one by one rib to a three by one rib and it carries all the way down the foot and it's just really cool. I made a pair of those for the boy. I made a pair of those for myself. And then I started goofing around with some other ribbing combinations and I made a two by two that transitions to a two by six. And I don't really like that as much as I like the one by one to three by one, which looks really clean and cool. And I like it a lot. And then I really stretched my skills and I made a pair of fingerless mitts, which was a lot of fun because I had to tackle some techniques that I had never done before in a circular sock knitting machine like knitting a flat panel and turning it into a thumb gusset, which was pretty cool. Very proud of myself for pulling that off. So I saw it on a Facebook group. These mitts, it's a free pattern. I will link to it. But the designer made it out of the Earth Yarns Unique Stripe Sock Kits. So I'm not sure if you've seen those. They come in a box and it's two pre-wound cakes that have the same exact stripe sequence. So you can make matchy-matchy pair of socks out of this little box. And I happen to have a box down in my stash 
and I made some mitts and they fit really well and I'm super happy with them. And I expanded my skills like I learned a new cast on, did the whole flat panel gusset thing. It was awesome. The yarn itself was actually a lot splittier than I thought it would be, like looking at it. But when it came to doing a little bit of seaming that was required on those um, mitts and the bind off and a couple other things, I'm like, oh, this is splittier than I expected it to be. So I'm not sure how much fun that yarn would be to knit on tiny little needles because it's a relatively fine fingering weight, but it's beautifully dyed and the final mitts are lovely and I'm super happy with that product. All right, so tackling, now on to spinning. Let's talk about me tackling the Gotland fleece. I think I've cracked the code and I have figured it out. I find the idea of processing the entire fleece, then spinning the entire fleece, and then plying the entire fleece daunting, which totally gave me like starditis and I never even really wanted to start working on it, which is why I just kept swatching it over and over again and sampling. So what I've decided I'm doing, which probably is not the best way to make sure that you maintain consistency throughout all your skeins, but don't get mad at me or judge me for it, is this is what I'm doing. I am, I decided to comb it because that's the recommended method for this staple length of a fiber. It's just so long, it's like seven inches. So I've decided that I am going to comb it and I'm gonna spin it worsted with a short forward draft. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm actually pulling two ounces out of the bag of clean fleece and combing it two ounces at a time. And then once I get six ounces combed and spun, I'm plying it together and then starting that process again. So combing two ounces, spinning two ounces, repeating that three times, and then plying the six ounces together is keeping it interesting, breaking it up in a way that I don't find the whole process daunting. I've really only been working on this for the past maybe five days and I'm spinning ounces nine and 10 right now. So I already have one skein plied and I've got a bobbin full of two ounces and I'm filling up bobbin number two. And then when I get through bobbin number three, I'll apply again. And that's making this seem totally mentally manageable for me. And I don't feel overwhelmed by the idea of spinning this fleece. And mind you, there's three pounds and five ounces in that bag, or there were anyway. So I haven't even spun a pound yet. But if I do this every day, then I should be able to make some real progress on this and theoretically finish it by the end of the year. How cool is that? So that's my plan is to finish spinning and plying and processing this clean Gatland fleece by the end of the year. And I think I've actually cracked the code on getting that done, right? So apparently that's what I need to do for big projects is break them up into smaller bite-sized pieces so I don't feel overwhelmed. And I feel like it's something I can accomplish because I am, this was like way, way back in the day we decided I am a progress knitter. I'm not a process knitter. I am not a project knitter. I am a progress knitter. I like to see progress. I like to see things moving along and I like to like 
hold up a garment and see how much work I've accomplished on it. I like to work from cable cross to cable cross. And apparently with spinning, it means I like to tick things off by in like two ounce chunks so that I can go, I just did two ounces. I just built that bobbin. Like that's how I see the progress in a spinning project. That's how my brain feels very satisfied and happy about taking on projects is when I can see the progress of the work I'm putting in. And I just don't when I am just doing like, if I, yeah, if I were to comb three pounds and five ounces of fleece, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like progress to me. Even though I'd be moving it from one section to another, I still wouldn't be getting anything done. And like I have a whole bobbin of plied yarn. That's progress. So that's how mentally I'm helping myself get through this and stay motivated on my spinning. Another way that I'm staying motivated on my spinning is like I hadn't really been following her Patreon or anything before, but on December 1st, Jillian Marino kicked off her 100 day stash down for spinning and like having a dedicated group of people all participating in this and watching their progress. Jillian has like these bingo cards of all this stuff that you can do to like make progress. Right. And who fill in a square on a bingo card. That's some progress right there, but it's really cool. I'm watching all of these other spinners tackle their goals I'm setting goals that I really hadn't even thought of because she kind of does the predetermined thing. And of course you can just totally go rogue and do whatever you want during the hundred day stash down. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the exchanges and communications with other spinners and yeah, I'm enjoying that thoroughly. And that is all I've got in spinning my wheels. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate the fact that you guys check in and listen to what I got going on. Um, I am going to do something revolutionary, something I have never done before. I'm going to make socks for my mom and my brother. I'm going to make machine knit socks for two people I've never knit socks for before because I could do it on the machine. So I'm going to do that this Christmas and we'll see how that actually goes. My older brother has been begging me for alpaca socks. He wants me to spin the alpaca and make him socks out of it, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I found a dyer online that had some alpaca sock yarn. So it's not straight alpaca, it's merino, nylon, and alpaca blend. And she's got some cool masculine colors and a bunch of other colors. So I bought a skein of that. I'm going to experiment with it and see how that holds up on the machine. And if it does well, I'll probably get another skein of that and make some more socks for my mom for Christmas. And I feel like they will both be tickled pink to actually get socks made by me for Christmas. Right? Totally revolutionary. I'm not hand knitting them socks, but I will machine knit them socks for sure. Now that I know how to do it and I feel pretty good about it. I've got some plans here coming down in the near future. It looks like 
Me and a handful of folks from my knit group will be headed off to Salida, Colorado here in January for Rock Day. We've already started planning that. We just got like the save the date email. That's pretty cool. We usually go, at least two of us usually go and spend like the whole weekend in Salida. And that's a lot of fun. And I enjoy it thoroughly. And I know this is like super premature, (laughs) but everyone that goes to Estes Park and camps has already got their reservations for the Rocky Mountain National Park book because they open six months before the event, like before the date that you plan to go. So to actually be able to guarantee that we will have our campground spots, we have to book it literally six months in advance. And last weekend, we all did that like through text chains. We're like, okay, this is the spot I'm going to get. What spot are you going to get? And we all got booked successfully. A little bit different from years past because there were like a lot of spots that just didn't seem to even be available again. Like we're staying in the same campground that we stayed in the last two years. But there were less spots, which is really weird. But we all got booked and it should be a lot of fun. And I'm super happy about that. And I am looking into, haven't committed to anything yet, refreshing the podcast a little bit in terms of maybe music intro, that kind of thing. Not like revamping the entire thing, but just freshening it up for the year 2024. And maybe in the next two or three episodes, you might hear some of those changes and... I can't wait to see what I come up with because today I have no clue. I just know that I've literally had the exact same theme music, the exact same format and everything since I started this bad boy in 2014. Oh no, 2010. Creep it up on 14 years of the podcast. But yeah, so I've used the same music, the same transitions and all of those things for a really long time. And yeah, maybe it's time for a little bit of refresh We'll see what happens. Maybe I won't change anything, but I'm definitely looking into it and we'll see what happens. Well, thanks again for joining me. And I look forward to giving you updates on all my progress in the next episode. I have not picked a song, have I? I've had some Hootie and the Blowfish in my head lately, and I think I will pick a Hootie and the Blowfish song for you. Play that as we cycle out of this episode. Thanks again, everybody. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. Catch me on Ravelry and Instagram as foreverhandmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Time, why you punish me? Like a wave crashing into the shore You wash away my dreams Time while you walk away Like a friend with somewhere to go You left me Can you teach me about tomorrow and all the pain and sorrow running free? Cause tomorrow's just another day and I don't believe in time.
Time, why you punish me? 